Hello, and welcome to The Library Coven, a bi-weekly podcast in which two bookish besties discuss mostly YA fantasy through the lens of intersectional feminist criticism. Why? Because talking about books is pretty magical. I'm Jesse, And I'm Kelly. And welcome to this episode in which we talk about The Witch King by H.E. Edgman. Transmask witch Wyatt has run away from his magical home and commitments being taken by in by Briar and her family and becoming besties. But those of us who know who read fantasy know that it's not that easy to get out of a fairy bargain. So obviously chaos ensues when Amir, Wyatt's super hot, capable and royal fiance shows up in the human world. Running isn't an option anymore. So we go on an adventure with lots of fairies and witches and magic and things and let's let's talk about it it'll be this will be a juicy one i think that was such a good introduction and summary i'm like oh it's all coming back to me now look it's like <laughs> once in a while i can do a bullseye okay <laughs> once in a blue moon <laughs> you really got it uh initial reactions why don't you go first or do you want me to go first I can go. Um, I really enjoyed this book for the most part. I listened to the audiobook, which was narrated by Danny Martinek. It was super fun having a very snarky main character, and I love the found family thing that the story had going for it. The story felt new and fresh, and while I love so many identi- that so many identities were represented in the story, I also have some critiques that we'll get into later, but I would give it like four stars. Um, nice, nice. <laughs> what did you think? I liked this book a lot. I thought the like, the not so side characters Amir and Briar were great and also like super necessary to the book and the series as a whole. It's kind of like a maybe a bit of a balance or an, um, to go with that snarky MC voice, you know. Mm-hmm. And I like how relentless Wyatt is um, in his criticism of gender essentialism and cis heteronormativity. It was light on the intrigue for a novel that I think is both within and pushing back against this like fairy court subgenre that felt a little 1D to me, which I feel like is Mm -hmm. we're going to get into some of your critique (laughs) that's going to pull that apart, I think, a lot. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Recommend if you like. I would say The Sunbearer Trials by Aiden Thomas because trans and queer representation in a fantasy world with a really cool magical system that I absolutely loved. Um, That book was really good. And um, I mean, like two out of three, I loved Aiden Thomas's books. So there we go. That's good. That's good. Um, Hell Followed With Us by Andrew Joseph White. I haven't heard of this one. Yeah, I read this one for the Sybils Award Committee. Uh, It was really good, but be warned, this is kind of like horror adjacent and has tons of like religious trauma and lots of transphobia. But it was a cool story. Very like, maybe like, I'm watching The Last of Us now, maybe like that, but like with also like religious machinations going on. Um, So as someone who used to be kind of religious, this book was like, oof, yes, been there, done that. (laughs) Uh, It was good. All right. And then Folk of the Air series by Holly Black, just for all like the fae and political machinations. It was just like spot on. It was like that book, but more queer. This book was that book, but more queer. And I liked it a lot. <laughs> so Those are so good. Those are so good. I went through doing my notes and I was like, I have nothing to add here. <laughs> it was like, I was like, I had to think about this one for a while.
why do we chose this book choose this book um it was making the rounds on social media for a bit like kind of lightly but wasn't like super widespread mm-hmm. so we were just like let's check it out let's see what's going on i feel like maybe a book that deserves more attention than it got on social media yeah Let's talk about world building in Through the Wardrobe. I thought it was really interesting to see this take on the Fey Kingdom and that they're in our world, but kind of like sectioned off on a piece of our world that is their own. I don't think I've really seen that before in a fantasy novel. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was this like multi, it was like portal or like it's it's like setting up book two to be a portal fantasy essentially yeah right Mm -hmm. because like the fairy world is dying maybe question mark and that's why they came over here to the human world and i thought it was cool how they also like establish different kingdoms on various continents you know it doesn't assume Mm -hmm. that the fairy people are a monolith um yeah you know at at the same time like there was a little traveling that felt maybe a little fast to me Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> disagree that that's, like, bad I guess but but I was just like oh wow we're we're doing this um okay yeah I I thought that like the world was pretty I kind of I guess I kind of had a hard time picturing like was it supposed to be like a castle with like a medieval witch village surrounding it they're like witch peons or whatever like I don't know I was having like a hard time imagining the geographical like the geospatial setup of this like place because there's also like a forest and some like adorable cabin cottage in the forest that Amir and Wyatt run off to all the time and um yeah I thought that the yeah I I don't know this part just was like I think a little bit like not quite not quite hitting for me I guess I don't know all right all right yeah I kind of imagined it as like there's a forest kind of like around it and there's like some kind of force field made of magic oppy that like makes humans not want to go there or something and then like you get past the tree line and there's like this, you know, like, yeah, medieval-y kind of Lord of the Rings-esque, like elvish place or whatever. So I'm watching Rings of Power right now. <laughs> it's like the WandaVision bubble yeah, or something yes. in the middle of the mm. forest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. That's what I was imagining. <laughs> All right. This is making more sense to me now. Okay. <laughs> but maybe not. What do I know? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, yeah, like a little snow, like a little fairy snow globe there mm-hmm. in the middle of the in the middle of the forest that the humans can't get to. Yeah, and then it makes sense why Briar just kind of like walked in because it seemed like humans didn't really go there, but then he, Briar walked in and all, no problem. And then you know later on twist plot twist. Yeah, yeah, that we'll talk about later. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just wondering why some of the Fae has such like boring, white, ordinary names. Oh my God, um, I was not prepared for witches and Fae named things like Wyatt and Derek. I was like, nothing's wrong with those names. Let me just say that up front. Yeah, it's just enough. like very unusual for <laughs> the fantasy genre. <laughs> and just Derek? Mm-hmm. <laughs> even Wyatt all I could think of every time I saw it was Wyatt Earp which I think I like saw that it's like a cowboy movie or something I think yeah I think you're right but that's all I could think of like every time Wyatt's name came up and I was like why is this his name <laughs> one thing I thought that the the novel got into especially when we were like spending time with Briar and her family is like in different cultures and their ways of learning and teaching so like how knowledge is gained and transferred and i feel like we talked about this in the episode that we just recorded also 
but yeah, so she's from an indigenous family and they have way more of like a non-intervention style with like learning about the world and more of just like a, a practical showing rather than like, mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm thinking about like my experience coming up in like white main, like public school, you know, in like sub- suburbia essentially. And yeah, just like very... Like, here is the information. Don't question it. Like, repurpose, literally, just regurgitate what we've given to you. You know? So it's just, like, very, very different ways of going about, like, showing how knowledge is gained, but also, like, transferred. So I liked this part of the book. Me too. I thought it was cool to kind of see, like, Briar as, like, an antithesis to what we think of as, like, our social norms, I guess. (laughs) Um because she called out a lot of bullshit, which is appreciated. <laughs> yes, she's definitely like the the moral compass of the novel. Mm-hmm. Let's discuss all things magic. So lots of like fey things, but not really like by which <laughs> by which you mean I don't know what you mean. Oh, just like, you know, there's fairies and like, they're not like tricking you exactly, but they got like this weird contract thing going on and like faded mates and blah, blah, blah. You know, like just the usual things we think, <laughs> we think of the fae. Right. Like I, I I'm going to imagine like if you're a human, you maybe won't, don't want to eat the food there. Like that didn't come up, but in my head, that's what's going on. <laughs> got you. Got you. Yeah. Um, but there's also witches, Wyatt is a witch, and Wyatt can perform fire magic, but he's just like kind of learning to use his power. So I imagine in like a second book, we'll get a better idea of what his magical abilities are because he doesn't know how to use them right now and they've kind of been like hidden from him, blah, 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 like that kind of thing. So I feel like that's the second book. He's about to learn how to do all that stuff. Yeah, definitely. I think you're right. It's definitely it's following this arc that we see a lot in YA fantasy where we're like we're with this MC that is just coming into their power like you were saying yeah. and as they're figuring out then the audience also figures it out with them. Yeah. Which I love. <laughs> yeah, and it seems cuz it seems like Wyatt has not just fire power. He has like some weird like some darkness power or whatever. And there was also like that face and moment at the end, yes. you know, yeah, where yeah. like the mating bond <laughs> or whatever kept them yeah. tethered together into the, re- I have no idea. But yeah, there was that moment that I couldn't help but think of what, whichever book in that series <laughs> that happens in. I mean, it happens in a bunch of them, if we're being honest. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, and you're talking about like Wyatt being kept from the like being in a coven or whatever being able to like gather with other witches and learn how his po- how his power potions work how his powers work <laughs> um maybe they're making potions i don't know they probably should and at the very end he learns that witch magic is very connected to emotions and i feel mm-hmm. like this is also a through line that we're getting in some of the fantasy novels that like your your power is connected to your emotions and that your emotions can often determine like how you're choosing to use your agency and react mm-hmm. in a situation. Yeah. Which is kind of a weird thing. I mean, maybe it's about like, especially cause these books are written for young people about learning to like have more agency over your own emotions instead of feeling like these like overflowing outbursts of emotions because you don't deal with them. Like when they actually mm-hmm. come up. Um, so good lessons learned, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
okay so the the thing that we were teasing earlier is that briar is a witch question mark exclamation point so. question mark <laughs> <laughs> i think this is a book two situation fair enough fair <laughs> enough we don't we know nothing at this point basically but she is something i think she is a witch i'm guessing her family like they were talking about how like some witches got like thrown out of fairy when they're born into these fae family so i think her family is like from that they were talking about she was kind of like what do you think happened to all them oh yeah they were talking about how they leave their babies and the the, get picking up on this changeling lore that comes with Mm -hmm. fairies also yes um yeah yeah that's where that's from okay yeah it's all coming back so i think she's a witch but we don't actually see her do magic intentionally i don't think so maybe more next book. Maybe her and Wyatt will learn magic together. That would be kind of cute. Well, no, she opened the portal. Oh, yeah, you're right. She was okay. like reading books and opening the portal. <laughs> reading books. Kelly's upset that there wasn't like actual passages from the book in the book. <laughs> <laughs> Where is the paratext? <laughs> There's also this weird like imprinting almost thing for the fae, which you know what? I'm like starting not to like this trope so much. I don't know mm. that I love the faded mates thing. I think I'm kind of over it, but like at the same time, Wyatt and Amir like break their bond or whatever. Mm-hmm. But did they? I don't know. I'm guessing not really. I don't know. <laughs> this is something that I wanted to get into with you and I, I put it okay. down further, but I'll we'll just do it now. Okay. So I think I put it in shipwrecked, but like it totally makes sense here too. Because it felt like a book that was really grappling with this like gender essentialism and mate discourse that's like again, like mm-hmm. a big thing about like the fairy fantasy yeah. books or whatever that are going around. The whole idea of it being cross species too, like a witch and a fairy can mm-hmm. but like are they this they're like witches come from fairies, so it's like yeah. y'all are the same. So I don't understand. I'm actually glad that you brought this up because I didn't think about it when reading it, but they're like interspecies and this <laughs> this maybe could also go in one does not simply, but also like Wyatt is white and Amir is black. So mm-hmm. I don't know how I also feel about them being like, oh, this is inter like they're two different kinds of people, but they're also two different colors of people. And I have like a weird, like when I think of like making people two different things and then they like come together and it's like this interracial thing or whatever I don't know it just feels weird to me to like like put this like fey witch thing on the characters and maybe substitute that for like race Mm, I just I don't love it that's just me Um, I don't know how other people feel I'd be interested to know um, especially other people of color Um, because I'm just kind of like I don't know about that (laughs) yeah yeah, I'm really glad you said this because it, it gets into, I think, I don't know. Do we want to, <laughs> I feel like we're all over the place. <laughs> I'm like, the, the conversation is so good. Um, where do we go? Yeah, it, it's like, does the, the metaphor map like too? Is it like mm-hmm. too, too well? Does it transfer yeah. too? And then it makes it so you don't have to grapple with things like yeah. racism in a substantive yeah. way. Yes, I think maybe yeah we'll get well you know we'll, we'll come back to this and one does not simply yeah we'll come back we'll come when back jesse goes on her rant yes exactly <laughs> we can't wait we can't wait <laughs> but yeah the weird imprinting thing like can we not anymore we all yeah i don't know it's just like a little too convenient right to feel like they're i think faded. so yeah yeah it's uh, yeah i mean it's hard maybe young people really like this but i have like this sneaking suspicion 
that this isn't very like Gen Z. <laughs> there you go. But I'm a millennial, so what do I know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We can't speak to that. Mm-mm. This was definitely a Briar moment where she's talking about this whole idea of like quote unquote black magic and how that gets stereotyped as like a bad thing in societal consciousness. But like that's ridiculous because that's racist. Thank you. Thank you very much. Like, no, thank you. Um, So like darkness is fabulous and wonderful and necessary. And she brings up all these amazing examples. And I just like how there were a lot of these kinds of moments in the book, like questioning things like the reproductive imperative, like Mm -hmm. biological reproduction imperative and like gender essentialism, different things like that. A few like anti-cop moments that I'll get into a little bit, but, but yeah, it's, I I liked this part. I thought that was, um, important to like revindicate it and also complicated right when it's like a white person whose power is darkness do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. I don't know I don't really know what to think about that but yeah it is a little troubling (laughs) (laughs) anyway yeah black is the best color also so black magic sounds perfect to me (laughs) I am basically only I'm wearing black camo and black Halloween pants (laughs) (laughs) so I'd have to agree yes yes I thought the text message spells were really cool. I thought those would come yeah. in handy. Like, imagine just being able to send your bestie a text message spell. A, a spell via text. Well, I guess you could. I don't know. Maybe spelling is a spell. I feel yeah. like that's an Erica Badu quote. <laughs> I, I would believe that. It was also cool because it also was used, like, against Amir at the end where he got a spell. And it was, like, almost like... You know, when you get like a virus on your computer or something. So you can send bad things and you can send good things. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Goes both ways. All right. Knives out, everyone. We're going to talk about (laughs) conflict, villains, good and evil in our segment. Get me Kylo Ren. Or lightsabers out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Lightsabers are pretty cool. Um, Lots of people. Wyatt's family, social conventions, Derek with his quote, bad people on both sides argument. Mm -hmm. It was just so many, so many villains. (laughs) Yeah. Like transphobia, transphobes, Mm -hmm. people assaulting people. Like, no. Yeah. Um, And also I would say monarchy. Yeah. I loved the angle of abolishing it that was taken towards the end of the book when Amir and Wyatt are kind of grappling with the sociopolitical ramifications of their whole, of everything that went down. And, you know, as Audrey Lord would say, Masters, it's the Masters house that has, where all the tools are kept. So maybe you could just like, like, I don't know, (laughs) maybe a match or something. I know. And I feel like, I don't know when this episode comes out, maybe in March, but it's late January right now and Spare by uh, Prince Harry just came out. Oh, yeah, and that's I right. Feel like this is like renewing this conversation about the monarchy and their role that they play. And like, obviously, I know that there's some, you know, there are arguments on both on both sides. <laughs> <laughs> I think they bring in a lot of money for England, whatever. They do. And maybe they need that. And I don't know. I don't really know how their tax dollars are spent. I don't live there. But maybe a good time to think about getting rid of it. Sorry, not sorry. (laughs) Not sorry. (laughs) 
onward magical friends just as one does not simply walk into mordor one does not simply read fantasy without talking about representations of race class gender and ability this is our segment about power and bodies and how they relate jesse <laughs> i wrote such a long thing i wish you could see my note in my notes app because it was a one-liner that turned into all this <laughs> yeah this was I, I i looked through it a little bit but yeah i'm just gonna let you take up all the space you need so this book was full of representation uh which was great especially for queer folks but amir is also a black prince um in the most literal sense possible um briar is indigenous and i love seeing so much representation but and this is a but in all capital letters (laughs) uh the witches as a group in general are considered marginalized in their society and i don't know how to feel about this i feel like it's mapping the experiences of witches onto our real world marginalized communities and boiling us slash them all down into a group called marginalized instead instead of speaking to our individual marginalizations and this was super important to me when thinking about the kind of the story how the story kind of hinges on violence on black bodies and seeing Amir die in order to move the story forward Mm -hmm. and give Wyatt his semi-happy ending Um, I understand that Amir or Wyatt needed to die to break the engagement or whatever but I really didn't like this aspect of the book I'm assuming all good intentions from the author because I think they did a really good job with the representation in the book but I want to give him and so I want to give him the benefit of the doubt but this part really stuck out to me as just kind of something that like I feel like we see in fantasy novels sometimes where like one person has to die or like marginalization is mapped over something else but in this one it like really stuck out to me because of like the violence that happens at the end and I just it's just it's an ick for me <laughs> as the Gen Z would say <laughs> it's an ick for me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I don't even know yeah where to, where to start <laughs> because you're so fucking right you're so totally right that like it, it did almost feel like Wyatt had his character arc or whatever and Amir was you know here's a side character right when he's yeah. like Ugh. yeah and, and to just like see it repeated again um, I'm glad you brought it up in like the context you know mm-hmm. of like the, the larger societal context you know of seeing violence on black bodies period yeah. right and um, yeah at the it felt I think this is where when I mentioned at the top, like it was feeling like one D to me, mm-hmm. I think that you're really pointing to why, you know, with this, like, I'm not understanding the political intrigue. Like everyone's having different motivations, but like why we're, we're trying to be like, say that that's not that racism is like, is this like a post-racial society? Is that what essentially yeah, the claim yeah. that's getting made? Right. I don't, I don't know because they're, yeah, I felt like there were moments where, or it could have been a situation where Briar and Wyatt talked about it, or so, like it could have been mm-hmm. something that that was addressed, I guess. But yeah, that like a be... plan that they made. I think that you're really right, though, about like the whole "quote unquote" marginalized as a monolith, right? And yeah, it almost seems like the yeah, I guess lacked lacked nuance, I guess. In yeah, way... and I think it was. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Um, I was spiraling. Thank you for saving me. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was also kind of hard too because like in a lot of 
fantasy novels that we see it's kind of like down with the monarchy which i'm like yeah i get it and i'm like on board for it but it's also a little weird to me when they're like "Mm, let's put the black people in power and then when they have that let's take that away from them um and so then it becomes like yes but you know what i mean so it was just like kind of like why did amir have to be you know part of the monarchy and then we take away the power of black people i don't know so it was just like kind of hard for me like i definitely give the author the benefit of the doubt in this situation which i don't always do because sometimes i think people don't deserve it Mm -hmm. but some of the things where i'm just kind of like ooh, maybe maybe they did have a sensitivity reader i don't know but i think having sensitivity readers might have helped in this situation just to like point out some of the things that I've mentioned and how those might be viewed, especially by black or POC readers. We can move on now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I just want to be like, is, did we say what we needed to say? That was all the things. <laughs> okay. So like in contrast to that whole, mm-hmm. yeah, wh- where I thought that the author shined was um, like really getting into this trans mask main character um dysphoria transition feels all those things why it dealing with like anxiety and 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 different things like that that really got into like the mental illness slash mental health you know of i don't know just like how how it can be we can internalize i guess maybe some of the experiences of oppression that we were having you know speaking that i'm saying like obviously from my perspective as a white queer person same like this Mm -hmm. same as this mc you know which would be very different right and from Mm -hmm. like person of color or black person you know but i thought that this was where the 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 novel i thought struck a pretty good balance of like we knew that this was a big thing going on for the character but it wasn't like the character's complete identity although like i mean i thought it was for like a big a big part of the beginning of the book and it's fun you know to have Mm -hmm. like um characters where that's like a a big part of their arc or whatever i think it's important to have those kinds of narratives um i am just curious i I, and i i thought it was you know handled um pretty tenderly in like the sex scenes and stuff like that negotiating Mm -hmm. consent right i think that's one of the strong parts of the novel was like the gender the gender bendy pulling apart things and then at the same time like from an intersectional analysis like you just brought up right <laughs> we have to like also be thinking of other experiences because marginalization is not a monolith you know yeah yeah I, I feel like I really actually thought that like I also thought this part of the story was well done um, as someone who cannot speak to those experiences but I do follow <laughs> TikTok, I don't know what they think about me, but I do follow quite a few um, trans people across race um, and non-binary people. And it's been like good to see their experiences, both like with transitioning and dysphoria and also just like their everyday lives and seeing like their moments of joy and happiness, like that have nothing to do with their gender identity, um, as well as those that do. And it's just like totally. I feel like we got some of that in this book, which I really appreciated because sometimes I think, especially in YA books, we focus on the bad sides of our marginalizations. Um, And so it's good when we can see something on the, like that there is another, like that you might be able to get to the other side of, you know, the the terribleness (laughs) of how society treats us. So um, I appreciated that aspect of the story. I thought that there was an appropriate amount 
as in a lot of anti-cop sentiment in the book again mm-hmm. it's briar mostly as the like consciousness of the yes. of the novel but but yeah i thought that you know just integrating this this felt yeah like this is the way that we're going everyone we're going the abolition route so get on in hop on in you know <laughs> get in loser <laughs> Okay, finally, it's time for Shipwrecked, a segment about asexuality, sexuality, sex, romance, and relationships. And sometimes we take liberties and do some shipping of our own. I really loved Briar and Wyatt's friendship. There was just something about them that, like, I adored. Um, They were both so great. And I really enjoyed that they had been, like, kind of, like, romantically involved and then decided that wasn't for them and still remained such close friends. Um, there was just something about it that I really enjoyed. And I feel like we don't get to see a lot of um, like boy girl friendships in books without there also being like, will they, won't they, mm-hmm. especially in YA books. So I really appreciated that aspect of the story that was like left, like that they had that um, friendship without there be like, there's love between them, but it's not romantic love. And we just don't see that a lot in YA, I don't think, or at least not in the books that I'm reading. So uh, I enjoyed that aspect of it. Yes, a million percent. And then also another thing that I appreciate is that like, yeah, I thought the friendship was one of, was the strongest relationship as far as it was developed in the book, the friendship between Briar and, and Wyatt. And I also like how they went into, you know, how we can sometimes have unreasonable expectations, you know, of our mm-hmm. friends to be like, quote unquote, everything, you know, like yeah. Wyatt, we see Wyatt really relying a lot on Briar. And then she eventually becomes, opens up and is vulnerable and says like, don't you think that's a lot to have to be everything for someone? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I, I thought that they, the friendship was just like spectacularly written and developed and, um, yeah, I, I also agree that it's like they were past the will they won't they. It's like, no, they did. And now they're n- not gonna. And yeah, and yeah. what that opens up so much terrain. I just feel like that's that's so queer. It's a, definitely a way of queering friendship for sure. And I really enjoyed I didn't mention this anywhere else or I don't think you did either because I don't know where else we'll come up then now but I also enjoyed that we got to see how like Wyatt changed over time um as he you know came into his transness maybe that's how that would be said best I don't know but like you know he's exploring his sexuality he thinks he might like girls decides that he doesn't and like that's okay with Briar like Briar's not making a big deal about it or upset that you know why it doesn't want to be with her um and seeing him come into like, you know what? I just, I like boys and that's it. I don't like girls and that's fine. Um, so I really appreciated this aspect that I also don't think we get to see in books very often. Yeah, that, that weird nebulous, the like so how gender and sexuality are so connected, you know, and how it's so fluid. And yeah, yeah, I'm really glad that you brought that up. Do you ship Wyatt and Amir? I know that's kind of like a loaded question after you know I don't know (laughs) seeing the trajectory of their relationship and all that stuff I like kind of want them to be together but at the same time like I liked Amir and I liked Wyatt but like the bar for Wyatt is so low where he's just like 
Amir respects my pronouns and how I identify. And I'm like, bro, you need more than that. (laughs) Um, Like, I'm glad he respects those things, but he's also expecting you to carry his baby. And that's just like, y'all need to have a talk about all this stuff. I don't know. So I don't know. I don't know. Because like genderqueer parenting is totally a thing, you know? Yeah. And yeah, but. Yeah, I agree but why it doesn't want to have a baby, it doesn't sound like. So I'm like, mm, mm, Amir's not respecting that decision that. to the fullest extent. I don't know. What What about you? Do you ship them? I'm like tepid. Yeah. I think I think both of them could each do better. Yeah. For themselves. Do you know what I mean? And then like mm-hmm. have an amazing friendship. But because like queer platonic friendship or something or poly or whatever I don't know do it do what you need to do yeah no I agree I don't know maybe it'll feel different in the second book where they're both like on when they're like on the same page no pun intended (laughs) um uh like about how they want their lives to kind of turn out or like who they are to each other and maybe I'll feel different about them in the second book which I will definitely read so yeah it's a duology right at least i mean <laughs> i thought it was only two books but i might be wrong i kind of hope so i'm i'm all about the duologies right now it's nice <laughs> now we're going to talk about writing style narration characterization plot structure and basically whatever else comes to mind and kill your darlings i know i said a lot earlier that the way the violence happens to a mirror like but and (laughs) I did also appreciate how full of a character Amir was he's like the super tough guy but like also a knitter and very kind and works really hard to make sure he addresses why correctly I think that oftentimes black boys and men are written by non-black people and when they are they can often feel very one-dimensional so I appreciated this depiction of Amir even though I have my critiques about (laughs) depictions of Amir also Mm -hmm. um I feel like we don't see a lot of black characters written by non-black authors um where they're just like Amir is obviously attracted to Wyatt um and his attraction his attraction is not dependent on like um oh what is the word um like Wyatt's gender appearance what is presentation gender presentation yes yeah yeah so like he likes Wyatt no matter what I'm sure there's a term for that I don't know what it is but I thought that was cool I don't know I just liked the mirror and the depiction of him in so many ways it was he was very three-dimensional character in specific ways such style and panache too it's always describing his name as him having the most amazing outfits too which Mm -hmm. I love Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah that yeah, I agree that like the the author did the character was three-dimensional. I think a lot of the characters were and then it was like when you start putting those characters into each other's orbit like how the gravity of the different forces working, I feel like that's where it kind of fell apart a little bit for me. Yeah, I would agree. I didn't put anything in Kill Your Darling Darling shockingly. That's okay. I usually have kill your darlings and you have real talk. <laughs> oh my God. Well, here we are. And I do have some. Speaking of which. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
let's go. Kelly, your real talk. What would you like to add today? <laughs> I would like to add that anarchy is amazing and it gets a bad rap and I don't like how it's like, it just kind of like rubs me the wrong way. It happened in like friggin' Ginny in Georgia or whatever too that I was just watching season mm. two of. I haven't watched it yet. Um, but but the like passing comments uh, a la uh, I'm going to go all anarchy and, and burn everything down. It's just like a, a massive simplification, not to mention just like misunderstanding of the thing. And it just like mm-hmm. shows how well American, quote unquote, American propaganda has worked. Right. Because mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. essentially what anarchy is, is non-hierarchical organization, which if you think about yeah. like the world at large, like that's how ev- ecosystems work, you know. Yeah. So it's essentially like. I don't know. So I was just kind of like, oh, everyone can just like chill the fuck out with this anarchy catastrophizing (laughs) or better yet, run, roll or limp or crawl headlong into the catastrophe (laughs) and see what it's like on the other side. Because it's really about like these ways. And I just I recommend this book that I just finished called Practical Anarchism, A Guide to Daily Life by Scott Branson. And it's about like literally the, the, the everyday practices, the the of of building, you know it just frames anarchy in such like a this is the things that we're doing all the time to build life in and across and to crack open all of these oppressive structures so it just made it like really accessible i guess and then also Mm -hmm. rachel ann jolie's work um she's a a really awesome writer so anarchy is my real talk like it's great (laughs) like stop stop i don't know throwing it away is like an insult because it's like y'all literally don't know what you're missing the next world (laughs) is this way are we ready for ready for card questions sound effects (laughs) all right let's see oh dang i've had my heater on the whole time (laughs) That's probably going to be low key in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Is the author open to all sides of the argument or is there an agenda? This is a bit of a strangely phrased question. Um, I mean, it depends on which argument. If you're going to try and argue that like trans people aren't people, then mm -hmm. like, no. But I also wouldn't call that an agenda. Right. Exactly. I feel like agenda has a negative connotation in this question that I don't appreciate. Um, or maybe it just has a negative connotation in my mind I is feel the like problem. Derek asked this question and I'm throwing yeah. it out because we don't yeah. need him in this conversation. <laughs> Do you know anyone with motivations similar to those of the main character? Oh, well... Yes, because I think mm. mostly Wyatt wants to be able to live his life in the way that is best for him and, you know, allows him to be his authentic self. And I think lots of people are working towards that right now. So <laughs> that's very relatable. Yeah. All right. Should we do one more? Let's do one more. That's a bad one. <laughs> I hope y'all know when Kelly throws out questions, like I have no idea what they they said. Like, (laughs) I don't. They're throwing out multiple questions now. (laughs) Um, What do you think will be your lasting impression of the book? Oh, and it was a little too perfect. I was like, maybe I will do this one actually. Mm -hmm. Do you want to go first? No. 
um but <laughs> i can't <laughs> no it's fine um i think my lasting impression of this book will be the like intersectional nature of the story um just seeing so diff- so many different like types of people um and learning to live in a world that maybe doesn't respect their their experiences or you know their their bodies in general and just finding communities that will be accepting of you and finding finding your friends and family (laughs) found family that'll stick with me (laughs) boom do i have to answer (laughs) (laughs) can i just give you the last word yeah sure i feel like white people don't do that enough (laughs) (laughs) all right thanks for listening to the library coven we'll be back in two weeks for a discussion of beasts of prey by ayana gray as always we would love to be in conversation with all of you magical people let us know what you think of the episode anything we missed or just say hi by dropping a line in the comments or by reaching out to us on twitter or instagram mainly instagram at the library coven that's where you can find us you can subscribe to the library coven on the podcast app of your choice and we'd really appreciate it if you could rate and review the show to spread the word to other cool people if you're able to support our labor financially, you can make a one-time donation to us on Coffee. You can support us monthly on Patreon or by shopping at our bookshop.org affiliate page. Until next time, stay magical. Did you hear the bringing in of the biscuits? Oh my god, yeah. You brought in biscuits and a plate right here for me. I know, right? All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>